ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم وبعد فان خير الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار ثم ما بعد الله عز وجل ساز بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة You have in the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم an excellent example Allah عز وجل says about the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that we have an excellent example in him he is an excellent example for us صلى الله عليه وسلم and the Prophet says, Each and every one of you is a leader, and every one of you will be held responsible for those under his care or her care. Every one of you is a leader, and everybody will be held responsible for those people that they are in charge of. So the Prophet tells us that we're all leaders, and he is the best example for us. So therefore, we understand that there must be leadership principles from the Messenger The Prophet in his life, in his seerah, in the example that he set, he shows us several powerful leadership examples. What does it mean to be a good leader? And since he's telling us we're all leaders, we are all leaders in one way or the other. Perhaps in our families, perhaps at work, perhaps the fact that we are older siblings, or even there's always somebody who's looking up to us at one way or the other. No matter what stage you are in life, somebody is looking up to you or you are setting an example for somebody else. Whether we even recognize it or not, whether we even want it or not, we are all leaders, as the Prophet says, Every one of you is a leader. So, how is it that leaders act, as the Prophet teaches us? Among the things that the Prophet ﷺ shows us in his leadership principles is to delegate. To delegate because the leader cannot do everything. One of the first things the leader does is recognize who are the good people that they can rely on and then have them handle it. The Prophet ﷺ says that, uh, uh, Allah says, uh, in, uh, he's quoting the uh, young lady when she wants her father to go and hire Musa salam, she says Inna man amin. the best person that you can hire is the one who is capable and the one who is trustworthy so we're looking for people that we can trust we can rely on and they have certain qualities which everybody recognizes that they are capable of doing the task and that they are trustworthy and so when the Prophet وسلم, looked for other leaders to delegate tasks to for example, he selected Mu'adh ibn Jabal and he sends him to Yemen as an ambassador. And the Prophet ﷺ says, you're going to a people of Ahlul Kitab, the people of the book. So first invite them to Islam. If they accept that, then tell them that they have to pray Salah five times a day. Tell them If they accept that, then tell them that they have to give zakah, which is taken from their rich and given to their poor. The Prophet ﷺ did not give him details, he did not micromanage. He knows who is excellent for the job, Mu'adh ibn Jabal one of the most knowledgeable of the Ummah, and he left these details up to him. The Prophet didn't micromanage, and he knows, and of course there wasn't that kind of capability of micromanagement, you can't keep receiving emails or texts or anything like that, and even today as well, no matter how high-tech your communication system is, you need to find people that you can trust and entrust them and don't micromanage them.
find good people and delegate tasks to them and that's what the Prophet ﷺ did. Among the leadership principles of the Messenger ﷺ is that the leader should be able and willing and available for people. To be willing to listen to people's problems and to offer whatever solution that he can if he's able to do so. A lady comes to the Prophet ﷺ complaining about her husband. Allah says, قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّذِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهُ Allah says that Allah has heard the complaint of the lady. She's complaining about her husband and she comes to you talking about this issue. The Prophet ﷺ could have said, as many of our leaders say today, it doesn't matter. It's a family issue. You handle it. Go ha somebody else. The Prophet ﷺ is the messenger of Allah. He's not only the leader, he's the ambassador. He's the last and final messenger. He receives revelation from above the seven heavens, yet he takes out time to handle family issues because these are important things. These are important things. If the family starts to break apart, then society starts to break apart. So the Prophet ﷺ is, is available for people to bring their issues up and he therefore takes care of and he's available to help in whatever way that he can in domestic issues, in financial issues, in family issues and so on. Among the things the Prophet ﷺ teaches us from his leadership principles or leadership principles that we learn from him وسلم, is to spend time connecting with the people to spend time connecting with the people Aisha once she was sitting with the Prophet وسلم, and she's telling him a story a long story you can find it in the books of hadith and he has probably actually heard the hadith before she's telling him this happened with this family that happened with that family that happened with that family the Prophet وسلم, did not interrupt her the Prophet ﷺ did not say, I've heard this story before. He didn't get, he let her tell the whole story and then he also had good feedback to offer as well because it's about issues between families and between couples. And then finally he said, and I am with you like the best of those couples were uh, uh, with each other. The Prophet ﷺ didn't interrupt. The Prophet ﷺ spent time talking and connecting with the people and the companions would say about the messenger وسلم, if we wanted to talk about food around the Prophet وسلم, we would talk about food with him and he would he would talk about food with us as well the Prophet وسلم, didn't lecture and give long discussions and everybody's falling asleep and so on no the Prophet وسلم, kept things very concise and he was available for people to bring up their concerns and for people to connect is, is a social, uh, uh, on a social level as well. Among the things that we learn as the leadership principles of the Prophet ﷺ is to be optimistic. Even if things aren't actually looking that good, still the leader needs to be optimistic. The leader sets the tone. The Prophet ﷺ says, If you knew what I know, you would laugh very little and you would cry a lot. If you knew what I know, you would laugh very little and you would cry a lot. But the, did the Prophet ﷺ himself maintain that attitude in front of the people? Absolutely not. They said about him وسلم, his face was like the, the full moon, bright and shining وسلم, Always smiling, always optimistic. You would look at him and you would always be amazed. No matter how bad the situation looks, the Prophet ﷺ always showed optimism and the Prophet ﷺ always had that bright smiling face. The Prophet ﷺ also shows us that the leader should be soft in dealing with the people and let many of their issues go. Don't worry about many, many mistakes that people make. 
when they make mistakes of a personal individual issue, let it go most of the time. The Anas radiallahu anhu, he says, I served the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam for 10 years and he never told me why did you do this and why didn't you do that. Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu was a young boy and it happened as it happens with all little kids that you tell them something and they forget. You tell them something else and they forget. They get distracted, they go off here, they go off there. And he even mentioned stories about himself that he got distracted once the Prophet ﷺ sent him on an errand and he got distracted, kids were playing and so he started playing with them as well. He's a little kid. The Prophet ﷺ never said to Anas ibn Malik, as Anas ibn Malik says himself, he said, I served him for 10 years and he never once told me why did you do this or why didn't you do that. Why? Because if we want to have people come close together, we need to let many, many individual mistakes, personal mistakes, we need to let them go and not take things or to be harsh about everything. But there's a line. And where is that line? When somebody's rights are taken away, when somebody starts to become abusive, when somebody starts to oppress somebody else, then the Prophet ﷺ would put his foot down. Two young men once got into an argument in the streets of Medina, and one of them says, Oh, Ansar, come and help me. The other one says, Oh, Muhajirun, come and help me. One, they're from different sides. One is from the, the group that has already been living in Medina. The other is from the group of migrants. They immigrated to Mecca. They were immigrated from Mecca to Medina. And so each one is thinking that he's going to get his tribe. It became a tribal thing. It became kind of like a gang thing. I'm from this gang. You're from that gang. So he's calling his, his, his supposedly he thinks that his people are going to come and help him in this fight. The Prophet ﷺ heard this and he came out rushing from the house and he says, Are you calling to jahiliyyah? Are you calling to ignorance while I'm still here? I haven't passed away and you're already calling to ignorance. How is this? Leave this. It is disgusting. It smells bad. Stop this immediately. The Prophet ﷺ, if people were about to take each other's rights, he would absolutely put his foot down and he wouldn't let that go. So the Messenger ﷺ teaches us this. The leader has to be strict when it comes to important things. And the leader has to be soft when it comes to many, many other things. Among the leadership principles of the Messenger is that the leader sets the example by being the first person to do something. By being the first person to do something. The Prophet in the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, as you know that the companions were told, the Prophet told them that we will go, we'll make Umrah. And they haven't even been to Mecca for so many years, they're so excited. They dress up in the ihram uh, garments and they have the camels and the animals ready for sacrifice and they go and they come and they, they realize the Prophet signed the treaty, we will not make Umrah this year. And they were shocked and the treaty looks terrible. The treaty looks horrible. How come we give away so many things that should be for us? We give them away for Quraysh and they were upset. The Prophet says that now everybody should shave their heads and leave. We're going back. And the companion sat there. The Prophet ﷺ said, shave your heads and sacrifice them and we are going to leave. And they sat there. The Prophet ﷺ went to his tent and Ummu Salama, his wife, was there and he said, I don't understand. How come I'm telling them to do something and they're not, they're not doing it? How is it that they're not following the, the order of the Prophet ﷺ? Now think about how this is. They ha their emotions have been built up. It's a traumatic event. They were hoping and looking forward to be back in Mecca, to make Umrah, to be around the Kaaba, to pray Salah there. And all of a sudden they're told no. And the treaty makes things look much, much worse actually. And so it became a very traumatic event. Their emotions are boiling. It's not that they're disobeying the Prophet but 
it's it's a very traumatic event that they're going through. So she suggested to him, and look how the Prophet ﷺ would take advice from everybody. Everybody has value around the Messenger ﷺ. She says, Messenger of Allah, why don't you go out in front of them and ask the barber to come and shave your head yourself? Don't say anything. Just have him start shaving your head, your own head, ﷺ. So the Prophet did that. He went and he called the barber and they they started to shave his head. And then you could see the companions jumping over each other to compete to be who would be the first to have their head shaved as well to follow the example of the Prophet One of the most important things the leader can do is to set the example, to be the first, to be ahead. In fact, the the companions would say that in the battlefield, in the time of the battle, we would actually hide and seek protection behind the Messenger because he would always be in front, fighting in the front lines. And we would be hiding behind him when things would get really tough. In the time of digging the trench, the Prophet was was there digging the trench with everybody else. Everybody's digging the trench and the Prophet himself is digging the trench. They came to a point where there was a huge boulder and they said, we can't dig through it. We can't dig around it. We don't know what we're going to do. And so they came to the Prophet They said, this is what's going on. The Prophet said, bring me an axe. And he himself struck and broke the boulder with his own hands using that axe. He was not that kind of leader to sit in the back and give directions from far away. The Prophet was always with the people, working and striving hard just like everybody else was doing. And that's one of the most powerful lessons that we learn from the leadership principles of the Prophet The Prophet would seek advice from everybody and he would accept advice from everybody. We already saw the story of Umm Salama anha in Hudaybiyyah. We also know that in the Battle of Badr, the Prophet and the messengers came to Badr first. They were there at the land. The Prophet said, set up camp here and we will arrange the lines and everything in this manner. A companion said, Messenger of Allah, is this the order of Allah or this is just your suggestion? And he said, no, this is not the order of Allah. This, I'm just suggesting this. I think this is what we should do. He said, no, actually, I have experience in setting up the lines of battle. We should take the high ground over there and we should dump sand and dirt inside of all of the wells so that we're the only ones who control the water. They won't have any control over the water. So the Prophet took advice from this uh, Bedouin companion, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Prophet was just and fair when it came to matters of people's rights. A lady by the name of Fatima had stolen something and so they said, somebody started to intercede. They said, oh, she's a high-class person. You can't have her punished. She's an important person. Don't punish her, etc., etc." The Prophet got upset and he said, if Fatima bint Muhammad, if my own daughter Fatima had stolen something, I would have her punished the exact same way. I would have her punished as well. The Prophet was absolutely just and fair. And if we are not just, if we're not fair with the people that are under our control, then people will not Uh, then people will immediately recognize the weakness and the uselessness of that kind of leadership. That's exactly what happens when we're unfair between our kids, or we're unfair at work, or we're unfair when we deal with any people in any society. People see that and they see, oh, he's just playing favorites, just like everybody else does. What use is his religion? What use is all of that prayer? What use is that? The Prophet was just and fair. And this is one of the most important points of being a leader. One of the most important principles that we learn from the Messenger Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Kareem wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bima fihi min al-ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa lisa'il al-Muslimin wa al-Muslimat fa astaghfiru innahu wa lafu
We're talking about just a handful of the leadership principles that we learned from the seerah of the Prophet And among the most important leadership principles is to value the strength that people bring. Value the strength that people bring. People are not the same. People don't have the same skills. People don't have the same experience. People don't have the same talents. So we value the different skills and talents that people bring. So Aisha and Abu Huraira, they're known for their mastery of hadith, memorization of hadith, their deep understanding of the fiqh of the religion of the Prophet Khalid Nur Walid is known as the military leader, the great military leader. Umar al-Khattab is known as the strong, powerful political leader. Hassan ibn Thabit is known as the poet, the media expert. All of these different people, and there's so many we can list, dozens, hundreds, thousands, we could list the different skills and the different talents that people brought. And many of them, their talents have been built up even before they had become Muslim. Before they had become Muslim. The Prophet ﷺ says, The best of you in, is, uh, in the time of ignorance, are the best of you in the t- in the time of the religion after they have accepted Islam if they have understanding of the religion meaning that the skills and the talents the strengths that people had from before they became Muslim will transfer and they will bring those strengths with them and they will help the religion of Allah as well if they are actually religiously grounded also so the Prophet valued all of these strengths that people brought and this is again one of those most powerful skills of the leadership. To be a good leader is not just giving orders. It means being there, working with the people. It means having a good connection. It means delegating. It means recognizing people for their talents. It means taking advice. It means seeking advice. It means letting many, many mistakes go, but at the same time being just and fair whenever problems and conflicts occur. These are just a few of the things that we learn from the Prophet We ask Allah to give us a deep understanding of the seerah of the Messenger We ask Allah to make the Quran and the Sunnah the hadith, the seerah, a guiding light for us throughout all of our life. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a life, a source of light and a source of life and a source of life-giving strength to our hearts. We ask Allah to give us the best in this life and to give us the best in the hereafter and to save us all from the fire of hell. Allahumma rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. I'lamu anna Allah azawajal qad amrana bi amrin bada'a bi nafsihi wa thanna bi malaikati qudsihi wa thalatha bikum ayyuhal nas wajma'in. Faqal subhanahu wa ta'ala inna Allah wa malaikatahum يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وزد وبارك ونعم على نبيك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين وقم الصلاة إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر